Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God that contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Good morning. Welcome to Know Your Bible. We're glad you're back this week as we try to find the answers to your questions. Kind of a unique program in that way. We let you direct the program and decide what we talk about. We've got a phone number and a website on the screen all the time, and if you'll use one of those to contact us, you can tell us what's on your mind and what you'd like us to uh, try to search out an answer for. Uh, we take uh, questions about the Bible specifically, where is something, or what does this verse mean, and then we get a lot of just life questions, people uh, dealing with the things in life, raising kids and uh, saving money and all the things that happen in life, and they wonder what the Bible has to say about those topics. So we're always happy to try to study one of those out for you. So we'll take any kind of questions and uh, try to find you an answer in the Bible, and hopefully that'll help us all understand our Bible better. Let me introduce my friend Toby Levering, who's back to help me answer questions today. Hi, Hi Toby. Steve. Glad you're here and ready to go. Uh, we always start with one question for our viewers before we start answering their questions. And this is see if you and your family, any of you know how Haman died. Character in the Old Testament, not a pleasant character, but uh, how did he die? And we'll give you the answer to that at the end of the program. All right, Toby, you drew number one. So what yep. are we talking about today? Question number one is about cremation, a question we've gotten from time to time here on Know Your Bible. Viewer asked, will being cremated cause me to go to hell? And the answer to that question is no. Uh, I know lots of people, well, not lots of people, but some people have concerns about cremation uh, since it's the burning up of the body and reducing it basically to ashes. <clears throat> and some people wonder, is that proper to do? Uh, does the Bible say anything about it? Uh, will it affect my salvation if Jesus returns? Uh, how will my body, uh, when he returns, how will that work and all of that. And uh, the simple answer is the Bible really has nothing to say specifically about cremation. Now there are a couple of examples of cremation. Uh, one probably the best known one that I can think of is of King Saul when he was uh, killed and um, how they disposed of the body in 1 Samuel chapter 31. But as far as instructions on whether it's acceptable or anything like that, there's nothing that the scripture specifically says. I don't believe it uh, has any bearing on one's salvation uh, because uh, salvation has to do with the things done before death. And of course, cremation is simply the disposal of the body. Uh, we know that at death, uh, soul and body are uh, separated, and so the body is just a shell, uh, and the person has gone on uh, to the eternal realm, the realm of the dead. And so, Cremation has no bearing on that whatsoever. It's a personal decision. If you're considering it or if you have those wishes, you want to make sure and talk to your family uh, and let them know about that and everything. But uh, as far as the Bible, there's nothing specifically uh, for or against it. And so uh, in those cases, we say it's simply up to the individual and their families. Um, and there's no 
got not going to be any problem in the resurrection or anything like that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, there in verse 50, Paul writes, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the uh, the perishable inherit the imperishable. And so uh, that's the answer. Uh, cremation will not send you to hell, and uh, and it's personal decision up to the individual. <coughs> Some people do worry about the resurrection, I yep. think, and yep. the body being there. Yep. Uh, God created the body out of dust in the first place, so yep. He can get us back together. Well, and what we usually we say is cremation simply speeds up the process. I mean, you know, it reduces yep. it to dust and ashes, and we're all going to end up there long enough anyway. Yep. I read a story one time about the, when the Chinese were persecuting Christians. They knew about the, it was 100 years ago, they knew about the resurrection, supposed mm -hmm. resurrection of these Christians. So when they killed a bunch of them, executed them, they cut their heads off mm -hmm. and they buried their bodies one place and then buried their heads somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they thought that would uh, scare the Christians, <laughs> de defeat the idea of a resurrection, sure. but uh, didn't bother them at all because they knew God could handle that. He'll get all the pieces <laughs> back together. He'll do it. He'll do it. Good question. All right, question about the uh, baptism of Jesus. What happened then? I think that's what our viewer is asking. And he says, did just John see the dove and hear the voice? Uh, typo, hear the voice. Or did the whole crowd see the dove and hear the voice? Well, I'd never really thought about that much. I'd always just assumed the whole crowd did, but a uh, good rule of thumb on questions is always just go read the story, read the Bible, see what it has to say, and we'll find out sometimes we get a false idea in our head when we go back and read the text. So let's just read the text today. Matthew 3, 16 and 17 is a good account of it. And it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he, Jesus, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Well, you notice if you read that, it doesn't even say John heard it. It doesn't say the crowd heard or saw it. It just says Jesus saw the dove, and it says the voice spoke. So we've got to keep reading, see if there's any more accounts anywhere. Uh, so let's go on to John chapter 1 where the story is retold. And in this story it says, Then John gave this testimony, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Of course the dove descending and all of that was supposed to be a sign that this was the Son of God. So we know from one account Jesus saw it. We know from the other account that John saw it and testified about it. But the accounts really don't say anybody else saw it or heard it. Now, I believe they did since it was a sign. And since God was saying, this is my son, why would he only be speaking to him? You know, I think he was getting the message out to the whole crowd that uh, this is my son. So uh, we assume that everyone heard it. But technically, the Bible really doesn't say that. Uh, but I think that's a safe, safe assumption since everybody knew about this event and John testified to it. So, good question, good way to check the Bible and make sure we get it right. 
Yep, that's a good approach. Uh, <laughs> even even though we've been doing this a long time, you know, there are times in which you go back and read something. Though I've never read it that way before, and never looked for that particular yep. detail. So, yep. uh, always good to check your Bible first. All right, next question. Uh, the viewer asks, "Can any saved believer baptize another person, or is only a preacher, minister, uh, authorized?" Well, of course, in the Bible, um, it was uh, largely all uh, just fellow believers and fellow disciples. Uh, of course, in some cases, they were apostles and things like that, but uh, titles in the, in the uh, sense of a, a minister or preacher, that, that probably wasn't something that they would recognize or understand back then. Uh, all the, um, there are no biblical rules concerning uh, who does baptism and, and so forth. Uh, and every example that we have of of immersion uh, is is always done. It's always done by other Christians and and fellow believers. Uh, all the examples I've found uh, uh, from Philip baptizing the Ethiopian to all the baptizing that Paul did, and uh, uh, every single example was just a, a fellow believer in Christ. And uh, so there's no stipulation that one has to be. A, a minister or preacher. Uh, uh, I've seen, of course, you have too, Steve, the, uh, you know, fathers baptizing their children or uh, maybe someone who's very close to them or uh, has a, had, had influence in their life baptizing them, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, of course. So uh, as far as as far as Bible says, that's perfectly fine and don't have to be specifically ordained uh, to do that. That's very common for ministers and preachers to do. Let's look at a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 together. Paul there says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And I think that's what Paul was uh, alluding to, is it uh, the focus there and the importance is not uh, who's doing the baptizing, um, but the fact that it's being done and uh, the person's being uh, putting on Christ uh, in that immersion. Yeah, it's a matter between the one being baptized and God is yeah. where the action's going on, yeah, so sure. who does it is not uh, technically important. All right, let me take just a moment and uh, offer you some uh, free materials to study the Bible with. And we do this each week. Take just a moment to mention some study tools that we have and that we're happy to share with you. Absolutely free. And I know for a lot of you folks that watch a lot of religious TV, uh, you've learned that free offers are kind of dangerous. You, you give somebody your name and address and pretty soon you're on a mailing list and pretty soon you're getting asked for money all the time. Uh, that will not happen with Know Your Bible. and. Uh, I think you'll find that true if you, you trust us to take this free offer. We just want you to study the Bible, and we found this to be a good way to do it. Uh, there are eight lessons in this first series that you see on your screen. We'll be happy to send you those one at a time and let you work through them, read your Bible, and spend some time in your own home. Uh, when you're done, you'll know a whole lot more about your Bible. And uh, we've got more advanced courses beyond this that you can keep studying with Know Your Bible study tools for a long time. So if you're interested in knowing your Bible better, uh, maybe getting started to get familiar with your Bible, this is a good way to do that. Uh, so use the phone number, use the website, log on and tell us you'd like that free course. We'll get it started for you. All right, question about what God knows. Does God know what is going to happen to you 
before it happens. Well, does God know what's going to happen before it happens? And of course, that brings up all sorts of other philosophical questions, theological questions. Uh, but the answer to the question is, I believe, yes, God does know. Uh, he's omniscient. He knows everything. Uh, let me point out there's a big difference between knowing and causing. When I say He knows what's going to happen, He doesn't cause what happens to us. Uh, we have free will. The Bible's very clear about that. He doesn't violate our free will. Uh, we get to make some really dumb decisions and He allows that to happen. Uh, we get to do some really smart things if we pay attention to Him. Uh, but his, the matter of His knowing is different than causing. I think the best way to describe it maybe is He has foreknowledge, uh, but that doesn't mean that He predetermines what's going to happen. Uh, knowing what's going to happen and causing it are two different things. Uh, it's a real simple example. Sometimes I've seen a little kid uh, out in the parking lot or somewhere and hit it for a mud puddle, and I know what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> the kid's not going to be able to resist. He's going <laughs> to stick a foot in there. Uh, but that doesn't mean I cause it. Uh, now, of course, that's a bad example because my knowledge comes from experience. And God's knowledge comes because He's outside of time. He's not locked into time like we are. We just know what's happening now. We see it. God is removed from time, so He knows everything. Uh, he's not constrained by time. Uh, example, when the light leaves the sun, uh, we don't see it for a number of seconds until it gets to earth. Uh, when light leaves a far star, we don't see it for many years until it gets to earth. Uh, God is outside of that matter of time and to Him that's all one thing. Uh, when the light leaves, when it gets here, when it keeps going for millions of miles, He just sees all that somehow. So our life in the few years we live, He sees it all, He knows what's going to happen, doesn't interfere, doesn't violate our free will, doesn't cause anything to happen to us. Uh, but does he know? Yes, I believe he does. Yeah, that's an interesting philosophical <laughs> oh, question. You, you can wrap your mind around that for a long time and try to figure that out, but I uh, believe that's the right, yep. right answer. Yep, it is the right answer. <laughs> All right, next question a viewer asks, when God said, let us make man in our image, did that mean physical or spiritual image? Well, viewers right. God did say, let us make man in our own image. And that's found in Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at that verse on the screen together from verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, one thing you'll notice here. He said, let us make man in our image. Of course, God uh, exists plurally as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So they're existing there together. And uh, uh, people imagine this usually because we're physical beings. We think, well, that means God, you know, we look, have some sort of form like God. Well, I don't think that's what he's talking about. The reason is because God is a spiritual being, not a physical being. Uh, of course, Jesus uh, took on physical form in the in when he when he became in the incarnation when God when the Word became flesh. Um, but outside of that 
33 years, uh, God has always existed and will always exist in a spiritual form and not in a physical form. So John chapter 4, Jesus said, and this is not on your screen, but he said, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah, it's hard for us to understand because everything we uh, see and hear and touch and taste has to do with our physical senses. So when we imagine God, uh, we, we try to imagine God, how we would sense Him. Um, but He is, of course, outside of the natural physical world. And so, uh, yes, I believe it means that we're made in the spiritual image of God. I believe it means that human beings are made unlike any other parts of creation with a soul, with an eternal part of them uh, that, that uh, supersedes the physical part of them. And so I think that's what they meant when they meant God, that we're created in God's image. And of course, a lot of people, when we've had questions on this show, what color is God and what does God look like? And of course, those are all superfluous questions because we, is, he's not a physical representation. And uh, so anyway, that's the answer to the question. I hope right. that helps. All right. Thank you. Now, if you ask a very simple question, wants to know, did Judas go to hell? Uh, very simple question, but I don't have an answer for you uh, because the Bible doesn't give an answer <clears throat> to that question. The Bible just doesn't tell us. Uh, in fact, as I was sitting here kind of going over that, getting ready to answer, I thought, I'm not sure the Bible tells us anybody went to hell. Uh, I'm, I'm going to research that and see, but I don't think, I can't remember any place where the Bible says this it says groups of people or certain kinds of sins or whatever, but I, I can't remember any place where it says that John Doe was consigned to hell. So that's a, I'll make up my own question okay. for one of the next programs. <laughs> we not only give the, the answers, we give the questions. We can make up questions. Well, anyhow, Judas, the Bible just doesn't say. Uh, we know he was sorry after what he did. Uh, after he saw what had happened and saw Jesus arrested and all that, his conscience did bother him. He was sorry and he took the money back and threw it at the Sanhedrin and all that. Now, whether he repented, uh, what kind of sorrow that was, whether it was godly sorrow that led to repentance, we're just not told. Uh, we're told he was sorry and threw the money at them and then went out and hanged himself. So. Uh, can't answer the question. Uh, certainly, uh, if he repented and uh, uh, had that godly sorrow, certainly God would forgive him. Peter did the, basically the same thing. He denied Jesus three times uh, and he repented and was welcomed back into the fellowship. And I'm sure Peter's going to be in heaven. Uh, but we're just not told about Judas, so can't answer that one for you. We invite you to visit the Church of Christ near you sometime. We are sponsored by the Churches of Christ and they keep us on the air here. And so we like to mention that a little bit each, each program and uh, mention a different congregation that helps us. Today we're going to talk about the home church of Know Your Bible. Do that every once in a while, the Northside Church of Christ uh, here in Wichita, Kansas, where we uh, started and originated up on North Meridian. If you live in Wichita or North Wichita, drop in and see us sometime. Uh, Toby and I both attend there and be glad to, to meet you. We've got a great group of folks there, a great youth group. Uh, have a Celebrate Recovery program on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock. Uh, lots of things going on. A very family-oriented church. Lots of young families. Great education program for young people. So 
a good bunch of people. And uh, obviously they think and study about the Bible like we do here on Know Your Bible. And uh, we'd be happy to have you drop in anytime. Of course, whatever community you live in, there's probably a Church of Christ near you. Uh, drop in and tell them thank you for providing Know Your Bible for you. All right, Toby, what do you got? Uh, an authority question. A viewer asks, where does it say to respect those in authority and obey the law? Well, uh, Christians, uh, in a general sense, are to respect those in authority and obey the law, to be good citizens, uh, to be peaceful citizens, and to obey the laws of the land. Uh, and uh, that is actually found in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And these, this is on your screen. Um, the whole chapter, of course, give you better context. Paul writes, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority ex except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And that's an important uh, point to note there. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now, um, uh, that's important, and Christians should be uh, upstanding citizens and, and uh, obey the laws of the land and pay their taxes and uh, all of that is uh, important to do and right to do and just part of being an ambassador for Christ uh, his followers should be among the best citizens now the exception to that is when those governments and those in authority uh, seek to do things that violate the will of God and, and those are things, you know, very clearly spelled out in His Word. But when God says one thing and the governing authority says another, well, then we have a different responsibility. Of course, our ultimate authority is God Himself. And so our allegiance to that uh, trumps any, you know, laws of the land. So as an example, uh, back in Daniel's day, they made it illegal for him to pray. And they wrote a law and said, you can't do that. Um, and... Uh, he violated that law. He, he kept on uh, uh, conscientiously objecting and uh, actually uh, just continued right on praying, got him in trouble. So uh, now uh, fast forward to today, if we had laws in effect like that, we'd have to take, you know, kind of like Peter and John's approach. Uh, we must obey, obey God rather than men. So I would say 98% of the time, at least in in uh, Christianity in the United States, certainly, uh, that is the case. But if there ever come, it came a time or there was a law, uh, we would have to obey God rather than men. But in a general sense, yes, Christians should be good citizens and obedient to the authorities in the law. Yeah, a couple of thoughts while you're <coughs> answering, uh, answering that. Number one, civil disobedience mm -hmm. uh, is something that uh, Christians have practiced in the past. I'm sure some practice it today. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's something in the government or in the regime you live under yeah. somewhere, uh, can a Christian disobey laws to make a point, to try to change the law, mm -hmm. uh, to do that? And uh, I think the, the qualifier there is, yes, you can, but you've got to be willing to pay the penalty. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're, well, for instance, civil rights movement was mainly among preachers and uh, uh, churches. Uh, a lot of people disobeyed the laws. 
they marched where they weren't supposed to march and rode on buses where they weren't supposed to ride and, and all of that. Uh, the key was they, was all, they were always willing to go to jail for it. Uh -huh. They were willing to suffer uh, the penalty uh, so that attention would be drawn to it and Make public point, opinion yeah. would change and all that. So I think civil disobedience, fine <coughs> for Christians uh, as long as we're willing to pay, pay the price and uh, understand that's part of the deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I personally think we're headed faster and faster toward that uh, in this country. I think pretty soon there's going to be some laws that says uh, we can't preach about certain things and mm -hmm. we can't say what the Bible says about this or that going to have to make up our mind whether we obey God or men. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> yep, that's what it comes down to. I think it's coming. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can get one last question in here. Viewer wants to know, what does charismatic mean? Charismatic, well, it's got a couple of different meanings, actually. Uh, it comes from the word charis uh, in the Bible, C-H-A-R-I-S, just means grace or gift. So the gifts in the New Testament that we read about from the uh, natural gifts uh, that we have <clears throat> to the miraculous gifts are just, they use that word charis, they're a gift of grace, they come from God. So all of our human gifts come from God. If we can speak well or sing well or uh, administer is one gift of grace, administration, uh, lots of just simple normal human talents are called gifts or gifts of grace in the Bible. So if we have those or a miraculous gift in the first century days, uh, the gift of healing, the gift of uh, heal, speaking in tongues, the gift of all the miraculous gifts, uh, those were gifts of grace. Just people had those were charismatic in one sense. Now today the word has kind of changed. It means, I guess, a good personality is about as good as you can translate it. Some people just attract other people. They're, they're, they've got a personality that's we call charismatic. People are attracted to them. Uh, but in a Bible sense, charismatic has to do with the gifts that we have. And today, particularly, it refers to uh, followers of Christ who believe uh, that the miraculous gifts still exist and they want to practice those in worship and in other places and we call them charismatic Christians because they uh, try to practice the, the gifts that were evident in the first century. So got a couple different meanings there on charismatic. Mm -hmm. um, it's the way we use it one yep. way or the other. All right, we're about out of time. We'll make sure we get our uh, trivia question answered and then we'll remind the folks of some other things. Haman, how did Haman die? Well, it's the fellow in the uh, book of Esther is where you can find that whole story, and it's a great little story. Uh, Haman was hanged on his own gallows. He was uh, trying to get somebody else hung and uh, trying to get rid of all the Jews in the kingdom, actually. And uh, Haman was kind of an evil old fellow. And uh, when the plot was discovered and Esther talked to the king about it, uh, Haman got hung on his own gallows, so good lesson for us there. Uh, the book of Esther, a little short book, 
great great story about yeah, God's say, presence. It's, it's a good story. It's a good twist on the <laughs> oh, whole it's, thing. It's, yeah, it's a, one of the classics <laughs> of literature, but it's also true that it happened. Sure, so, sure. great great book. All right, we're out of time, but uh, if you haven't signed up for that correspondence course yet, today would be a good day for you to do that. I meet people all the time that say, I hear you talk about that course, and I'm going to sign up for that someday, and I've just never got around to it yet. Well, today's a good day to get around to it. Uh, our operators will be around a while and take your call, uh, get you signed up for that and get it started, or you can log on at any time and just tell us on the website that you'd like to have it. And certainly if you have any questions, we'd be happy to handle those for you in the weeks ahead. Uh, so just let us know what's on your mind and we'll discuss it on Know Your Bible. We're glad you've been with us today and we hope that we got to your question. If not, it'll be coming in the weeks ahead. So tune back in. Till then, we hope you have a great week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.